This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So yesterday and for almost the entire show we were speaking about the NHI and as I did say that unfortunately at the end of the show what I picked up is that people are not necessarily against the NHI but they are against the government and how they perceive or believe that this current government will be running the NHI. One of the questions that we got uh, somebody did ask her can somebody just simply break it down and simplify this thing for us. What is this NHI? How will it work? Dr. Nicholas Crisp, Deputy Director General for National Health Insurance and National Health Department is on the line to help us with those uh, questions. Dr. Crisp, good morning. Morning, morning. Thanks very much for having me on the show and good morning to your listeners. Thank you so much for making time. Let's start exactly there. As I said, uh, yesterday as we were talking about the NHI and uh, the issues and people complaining and this and that and that, one of the listeners decided, what is this NHI? How does it work? Mm. How, how would you answer that question to somebody that is a little bit confused as to what are, what are, what are these people arguing about? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously there are many details to it and people will argue about minor details and uh, some of them are major uh, ideological issues that people argue about. But let's look at it like this. At the moment, we have a very complicated health system with the 10 departments of health, the nine in the provinces and the one in the national uh, essentially responsible for public health services. And those departments, the provinces get their money from the provincial government and the national department gets its money from the national government. And then loosely we call that a national budget. And the people who are dependent on the public services have their services paid for by the government. If you have a little bit of income, depending on your, um, you know, what you declare when you go to the hospital or the clinic, you may need to pay something. So that's how it works in the public sector at the moment. And that is about 54 million people get their health care paid like that. Then there's the private sector. There are about 9 million people who access the private sector. And most of those people pay for their health care by having a medical aid of some form. So it could mm. be a hospital plan, it could be a comprehensive plan. So they pay a sort of an insurance premium to a company. Uh, they're not-for-profit companies, but then they, those not-for-profit companies employ uh, other companies to administer all the claims and things on their behalf. And so these people now go to private hospitals and private doctors for their health care. So that's more or less how things work at the moment. Mm. So what the national health insurance is, is, it's, uh, is that um, we are wasting a lot of money with a duplication of all of these 10 government departments and 71 medical schemes with all these different plans. And even with all of these plans, both the public and private sector patients often end up having to pay in large sums of money because you don't know what you've insured yourself for and you might get a different illness and then suddenly you find yourself in trouble. So the, what the National Health Insurance aims to do is to take, get rid of all the many different streams of funding of money and say we need to all uh, have access to the same set of benefits. 
And instead of having a low package or a high package or a government scheme or whatever, we will all benefit from one set of benefits. And when we go to healthcare, we will not pay anything at the point of care because it would all have been paid in advance through our taxes. So we don't deny that it's going to be taxes. Already the public sector, the $265 billion that is spent in the public sector is paid for without taxes. And already the state subsidizes private people to the tune of about 37 billion rand a year to join medical schemes. So what we want to do is move those monies back into the public space and cover everybody. Now what the fund will do, it will purchase or pay for the healthcare, not only at the public sector facilities, but also private facilities. So um, like a medical aid currently pays a private facility, the medical aids also pay public facilities when patients go there. It's in, in a similar vein to that. So I don't know if I so, can yeah. uh, explain so, so much that, more than that. Does this mean that uh, um, uh, even without medical aid, I can still get the same care at a uh, private hospital or the same care at a public hospital that is equivalent, if not the same, with the private So obviously, Yes, yes, that's exactly where we're going. Um, obviously, it doesn't all happen by the click of a finger and mm. on the first day, everything is all final. Uh, it will take time to make the changes. But yes, that's uh, the point. So if I live in Dipslot in Johannesburg and currently the only place I can be referred by my clinic is to Charlotte Mateke or to maybe to Tembisa, uh, why do I have to be referred there when there's a private hospital literally down the road? Why can't I be referred to that that hospital, which is my nearest hospital, could save my life mm. because it's only 15 minutes instead of an hour's drive. So that's the point. But at the moment, those people in deep throat can't go there because they can't afford it. But if it's being paid for because I am part of the total national health insurance, then I can be referred there when I need hospitalization. Now, I use that as one example, and you will hear people complaining, but there are no private hospitals in the rural areas. Well, there are a few in quite remote areas, um, smaller towns, but there are public facilities there. So it will be that if you still need to be referred, uh, for instance, from one of the villages around Kiani to Nkensani Hospital, then so be it. But if you're uh, around, uh, for argument's sake, and I'm picking Limpopo because I know the geography well, uh, if you're around Zanin, you could be referred either to Lataba or to Fanfelden or to one of the private hospitals. So um, it depends on where the facilities at that time are available to care for you in the best way for the care that you need at that time. Dr. Trisp, one of the big issues that came out yesterday with a lot of listeners and with those that are opposing this is the issue of money. Where will the money come from and how can we, in brackets, guarantee that we don't find ourselves in such a way that uh, uh, state-owned enterprises have ended up with the mishandling, the poor handling, mismanagement, and so on and so forth. I think that is yeah. one of the biggest issues that a lot of the listeners on the show, at least yesterday, raised that, well, we don't trust this government. We don't trust these yeah. people to run this thing. Well, sure. And we should be worried. Every time I've been interviewed, I've said exactly the same thing. We should be vigilant. We should be concerned. Every time we pay tax, we should watch out what it's be, where it's going. 
I want to emphasize this is not a state-owned enterprise. It will be a, a public entity, and they are quite different in their nature, but I won't go into the technical details. There are 22 government enterprises, and there are 157 uh, um, Schedule Three public entities, and they operate differently, and they account in, in a different way. You know, that they, this one is not a business. But anyway, be that as it may, the um, the money that currently is directed into the provinces through what's called the provincial equitable shares and conditional grants that is spent on personal health services will systematically be moved into the fund. So it's the same money. It's not new money, which uh, some of the negative people will try and tell you we have to raise uh, 500 billion rand through taxes. We already raised 256 billion of that in taxes. We already give credits of 35 to 37 billion to private people to participate in medical schemes, which we should just collect and pay it into the fund. We already pay a subsidy of over 70 billion rand to public servants into their medical aids. So why pay it to the medical aids and not into their national health insurance fund? So what I'm illustrating is there's a huge amount of money that's already paid for as taxes and is in the system. Then there's uh, the question of efficiencies. So we all know the public sector is not as efficient as it should be, and we are well aware of some of these cases of corruption. But what you don't hear often is the inefficiencies in the private sector. It's hugely inefficient to be running 71 different medical schemes with a total choice of over 300 different options. They have to set up quite complex administrations, which I've recently begun to understand how it's defrauded, to the tune of about 30 billion rand a year, by the way, um, because of the complexity of all these many options that need to be checked out every time you claim in the private space. And then there are people who fall between the cracks who end up paying everything out of, the, out of cash, out of their pocket, and sometimes they get trapped with huge bills and they end up in extremely difficult financial circumstances. So that's what we want to prevent. And that portion that is currently voluntarily funded, voluntarily paid for through medical schemes. That's the portion that in due course will need to be raised as taxes and put into this fund. So, so, so yeah, you were asking, sorry, you were asking about trust and about this mm -hmm. government. Well, this government is today, and as you indicated in your, with your previous speaker, there's an election next year, and there'll be another election in five years' time and the year after, this piece of legislation must stand the test of time and it will must implement a fund over five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So we may have several different governments over this period, but we still need to have a proper health system. Right, Dr. Crisp, we're going to have to leave it there. I think there's still a lot of things that needs to be said, but Anytime. unfortunately we're out of thank time. You. But thank you for making time, Dr. Nicholas Crisp, uh, just uh, giving us a, a bit of an idea. And I think, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, uh, and I, why I picked up from uh, what Dr. Patla, the minister, was saying yesterday, is that they are prepared for the legal battles that are going to come with this. Uh, but what made me uncomfortable, he said, uh, it's a, going to be a long battle. I mean, a long battle could mean that then this thing might take another 10 to 15 years before it actually comes into being. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.